Hey everybody, thank you for listening to the Small Town Podcast. Connor here. If you find this episode valuable, be sure to share it with your friends and leave a review on iTunes or wherever else you're listening. Also, I invite you to check us out on Patreon if you're interested in helping to support this podcast. You can find a link to that in the description of this episode. All right, enjoy the conversation. different aims happening yeah, yeah. right and that's really important because it's it's i think it's a, a bit ridiculous to just you know for people to roll their eyes at starbucks or something because i think yeah. so much good is going on there yeah. first of all we can only do what we do because of starbucks yeah. so we should yeah. always nod to that and um and then i think it's just significant to notice what it what are the aims of these businesses so for Starbucks, their aim is that you get the same coffee in Jackson, Tennessee, in San Jose, in Vienna, mm-hmm. in Tokyo. You get the same coffee. That's hard to do yes. because coffee is a crop and it's yes. a variable crop. So they're and, and I'm not uh, um, I don't know Starbucks roasting. I don't I'm not a buyer for them. So I don't actually know how this works. Sure. My best understanding would be that they are having to mix a large portion of coffee from a region. So instead of it being um, a farm within Rwanda, they're taking many farms within Rwanda, they're mixing mm-hmm. all those coffees, and then they're roasting them to have a, a similar profile so that they can ship a Rwanda coffee around the world. Mm-hmm. Okay, And um, what they don't want are the individual notes of one farm in Rwanda from another farm in Rwanda. Now, they may still want Rwanda to have some distinction of Rwanda instead of Costa Rica, you know, but they they want to reduce the individuality because they want to serve um, people the same coffee everywhere. Right, right. And I should note, the customer wants that. Yes. Customers are asking for that, which is why Starbucks has gone the way that it's gone is because of the demand of the, of the patron, you mm-hmm. know. And so because people want often the consistency of knowing that at the airport or, you know, again, in, um, uh, you know, Jacksonville, Florida, I can get the same cup of uh, cup of coffee. Yeah. So, you know, that's going to happen at that level. It's also going to happen at the roasting level, which I was alluding to in that they're trying to get rid of the individualities, I think. And, and again, I'm not a roaster. I'm not, um, totally sure how they do this. It's just, yeah. just my best yeah. understanding of yeah. how they would get to that product. Yeah, um, but this is helpful to talk about though for people who aren't used to thinking about specialty coffee. Right, you know, if their right. own their their only experience is Starbucks. Yeah. And Modero yeah. may taste completely different, but they they don't know exactly why. Right. So that's right. Yeah. That's right. And and I think that they're they are trying to hit particular profiles and say they're espresso. So they yeah. they they really want their espresso to taste the way that it tastes, and they're trying to hit that point. And I would imagine that the Starbucks roasters are the people who taste the most coffee of all is my guess. I mean, they really, I think they must really know coffee. Yeah. So, so what they're after is what they're after and that's what they're aiming toward. Shops like us are just aiming towards something different, which Mm -hmm. is the individuality. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think we can accomplish that because, I mean, we can do that because we're small shops and because people come in knowing, you know, there's only one Madero and I'm you know, I'm only going to get this one coffee for as long as it lasts and then it's gone. And that's part of it. Uh-huh. And it's part of the fun of it, actually. But it's also, I know that, 
you know, this batch of um, Columbia is going to run out soon and I don't know what's going to be next uh-huh. as a customer, you know. So there's th- those things are going on. And I think we we have the freedom um, to to do that actually because of Starbucks, because they have normalized coffee being something you get outside of your home. And so now shops that are in the kind of specialty realm or uh, versions of that are able to do a more distinct coffee and, and bring out the variability because of uh, it's normalized for people. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting because the more we do that and the more people, as you were talking about as for you and your wife, the more you get interested in coffee, the more you actually like you know, tasting yeah, something yeah. different and distinct. Yeah. And so then it becomes a, wow, I didn't realize that coffee could have so many flavors. Yeah. I was nearly killed by a mule deer, <laughs> so it was, it's uh, much better to be killed by a mother bear than a mule deer. <laughs> Is it, though? <laughs> what do you mean? It's actually, I guess it's best not to be killed at all. Uh, <laughs> How I was, you almost I was in. Uh, I was driving in uh, Wyoming early one morning, and uh, as Macklin says, you know, the speed limit is 85, it's a two-lane U.S. highway, and the speed limit is 85. <laughs> so, okay, I'll go. I'll go 90. What, what the heck? <laughs> um, and out of the out of the uh, corner of my eye, I see this deer, you know, kind of sauntering up toward the the roadside. Uh, and I had already thought, you know, these deer stay so close to the road. If if one of them does something stupid, there's nothing I can do. Uh, <coughs> I'm not going to be able to stop or miss it. Right. And I didn't, I didn't catch sight of this deer uh, fast enough to slow down and stop, but it was clearly just walking up onto the road. Well, there's also a car coming from the other direction. So, fortunately, there was a very wide shoulder to the right, and it was clear. So I moved over to the shoulder, and you know, again, it's one of these convergence of, of paths uh, at the very same second, the oncoming car is in his lane, the deer is in my lane, and I'm on the shoulder. And at that moment, I was in the presence of the luckiest deer in the world. <laughs> you know. I did not realize that we're talking minimum five years. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I yeah. had no idea. I thought it was more like, you know, at most two or three years. Oh, no, no, I had no. I had no idea. Yeah, I suspect yeah. most people probably don't have any yeah. idea. And that's yeah. minimum. That's minimum. And that's, I mean, that's actually, that's been probably, that's been for a while. But, I mean, once you have a green card, though, you've already passed the waiting line periods at that point. Because... Mm you're already on a path towards citizenship. When do you get your green card, you are. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there's some wait lines for countries like Mexico, India, and the Philippines. They are just now processing applications from, like, 1997. Okay. So that means your wait right now, if you applied from, like, and you were Mexican, and you applied through a certain family member there's different groups mm-hmm. um your wait's 22 years for your application to be looked at so a lot can happen in 22 years um so when i'm talking long wait lines i mean long yeah. wait lines yeah. um yeah 22 years it's very Gosh. it's very long and that varies depending on country that you're from and 
who is petitioning for you. Yeah. But, um, yeah, there, it's like, it's no joke. <laughs> well, I know legal stuff in general just takes a long time. It does. I mean, yeah. It's, when my family was, uh, was adopting, I remember it was maddeningly long. Uh-huh. And, I mean, that wasn't even anything close to what uh-huh. we're talking about here. So, golly. Um, mm-hmm. It's way more compelling to think about for us, what's happening in Memphis or Jackson, uh-huh. then, I mean, yes, we care about what's happening in these other cities, but I've been, I've been convicted lately about making sure that I don't let the news dictate what, how I'm supposed to feel. Mm-hmm. Like, it's supposed to be the other way around, mm-hmm. right? And so, for me to think about issues like immigration and um, policies that need to change and what I'm supposed to how I'm supposed to help my community and and be there for my neighbors and stuff like that. It's way more important to think about what's happening locally. Mm-hmm. Um, again, which is mm-hmm. why you're here. So, mm-hmm. yeah, especially for Christians, yeah, you don't need to be neutral on this right, issue. Right, right. <laughs> these are um, these are our neighbors. Right. These are people that we need to, yeah, think about and. Um, ask questions about this issue. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know, ask someone who, right. or research or find right. out more, maybe not by the news.